Welcome to Global View. Disclaimer. The views, information or opinions expressed during the series are solely those of the guests. The host and producer of the show are not responsible for them. Now to the episode. Welcome Vipin Sondi. You are the managing director and CEO of Ashok Leyland, which is one of the largest manufacturers of commercial vehicles in India. How has the recent uh, change been in the situation, especially uh, with the pandemic, uh, factories having to either close down during the lockdown or come back very slowly? Where do you see the situation now for Ashok Leyland? Thank you for having me over, Vikram. Uh, great pleasure to be with you once again. Uh, well, we are all challenged. And uh, well, the one positive is that every quarter going forward from the April to June quarter will be better than the previous quarter. The second is, I think, as, as an industry, as a country, if we come out strong in quarter four of this financial year, and that's what we should all endeavor to do, we can hit the ground running for FY22. And that's what we are planning and that's what we are doing right now. In terms of um, where the industry is right now and where Ashok Leyland is right now, as the unlockdowns come into play, while the national unlockdown is happening, regional unlockdowns, city unlockdowns and district unlockdowns are again blunt instruments that are being applied. And because of that, our supply chain, which is in many of these areas, gets affected, thereby disrupting what was uh, an even pace of growth and coming back and getting used to the safety protocols in our factories, etc. And suddenly you have uh, a Bangalore under lockdown or uh, Aurangabad under lockdown and the supply chain then gets broken again. So our... Uh, our discussion with the government, so to speak, is focus on very narrow containment zones rather than apply it bluntly, because then the opening up of the economy gets derailed once again. Finally, Vikram, this question, the biggest stimulus we can have is to get back to work. But how difficult are you finding uh, the labor situation? Because that is one that... Uh has concerned many. Any company like ours, which is an OEM, uh, doesn't live in isolation. We have tier one suppliers who have their suppliers who have their suppliers. So while we may not be affected too much because our, we're an old company, we are over 70 years old, our labor tends to live around the areas in which, we, uh, in which our factories are based. It is when you come to the, the micro, medium, and small industries is where the labor challenges uh, are there. So important, the supply chain again gets uh, uh, affected, but important for us, each one of us, number one priority is to ensure the safety protocols within each one of our organizations are followed. And we have appointed our own colleagues as COVID wardens, because the tendency to become close to each other is a natural thing, you know, and we've got to be constantly reminded of the do's and don'ts under uh, a COVID uh, uh, a scenario. 
going back to the MSMEs, I think it's, it's important not for them alone. I think it's a mi the migrant labor crisis, a national crisis. And it's important uh, that we incentivize, encourage, and see how a reversal to that can take place when they come back to work in the factories that they were working earlier. But it will be a very concerted, deliberate policy and industry initiative to bring them back. To, and we deserve, they deserve it, and we deserve to do it for people who lived with us for years, and perhaps we didn't notice it. There are many opportunities that you were exploring, uh, and you were supposed to, in fact, launch certain new vehicles, uh, I believe, in March in the mid-segment, so, so the light commercial vehicles. And there was a bit of a break put on that. Uh, how do you see that project going on now? Uh, I think you call it the Phoenix Project, and you're, you, you had planned to delay the launch. Any dates in place, and how, how is the production holding out? Well, if I might answer a new launch in general and then come to the Phoenix. We went ahead with our new Avtar platform, which is in the medium and heavy commercial range in April on schedule. It was a virtual launch. Nobody was used to it, but we interacted with dealers, investors, media, customers, virtually. The Phoenix, you're right. We pushed it back only from a timing standpoint. The readiness is all there, but it's important that we get the supply chain absolutely in order before launching it. So we are looking at within the next 90 days to find that suitable time when the entire supply chain is working actively and will not go under a, a, a district lockdown or, or a municipality lockdown because we can't afford a break. But we are ready. But have you got a date in mind? So I, I said within the next 90 days, it's important. And the reason I'm not giving a date is the lockdowns are taking place as we speak. The, the mini lockdowns are taking place as we speak. We do not know when the next lockdown is going to take place and where it's going to take place. So we will have to watch it. And we'll need a basic amount of buildup of components to ensure that there is some continuity. Another area you've been working on is the electric vehicle, um, especially in the commercial segment. First of all, is it really viable today uh, to have electric vehicles for commercial use, where the distances are long, the temperatures can vary a lot between uh, travel, so the battery life gets affected as you go into colder areas. How do you see this uh, uh, today? Is it really commercially viable? So the answer to your question is that at this point in time, it's limited to buses for people and it is limited to intra-city movements for precisely the reasons you say. And it's not us, it's, it's, it's with the EV uh, ecosystem that's being developed. The second part is the viability. You know, initially any new initiative will not be commercially viable, but this is the need. It is the need for eco-friendly green public transportation because otherwise 
uh, fossil fuels are seen to have, and I can't say that anymore with BS6. BS6 is clean diesel. I mean, at the end of the day, it's very, very clean. But having said that, do we need the EV platform? Answer is yes. It started with intracity movement, and that progress is on. We are working uh, both at Ahmedabad and Chennai, and later perhaps in one more city. But intercity is what will take time to develop an ecosystem which will have you know, fast charging stations en route. And that's a whole, sta uh, let's say, uh, that's a whole ecosystem to be developed. Now, viability initially is often supported by governments. And so we have in, our, uh, in India, the FAME 1 and the FAME 2, which is currently going on, which actually provides for that viability gap funding. And over a period of time, that will taper off as, uh, as the companies become more and more commercially viable. So do you see this, uh, well, maybe a decade down the line where you have uh, electric vehicles being tra uh, traveling from one city to the other? Or is it that it all depends now on how uh, the infrastructure develops and it just may not take off and you may just leapfrog into something else, maybe hydrogen cells or something different? So the answer is, I think we should look for green solutions and it should not be this or that. Um, it is often said, and it is, uh, it's available that hydrogen fuel cells, perhaps for longer distances are a better option, but these are technologies that are evolving. And the question really is which ecosystem gets developed faster and which the government chooses to promote uh, in terms of infrastructure creation. So what, what's important for companies like us is to be ready. The importance is, are we committed to green? Answer is yes. Are we getting ready? We are ready with EV. We've got uh, different types of charging mechanisms. And at some stage, who knows how important hydrogen fuel cells uh, becomes in our country as well. It's certainly Europe is driving that quite hard. What about protectionism? We are seeing a lot of countries uh, trying to put up barriers and uh, create more jobs and opportunities for their local business. Do you think that is something that will affect India as well? Because you may have that um, take place in Europe, in America, maybe in many other countries. How will that affect us? See, under Atma Nirbharta, which the Prime Minister has announced, is that we should be self-sufficient, but we should be part of global supply chains. Now, both of these actually coexist. So it's important for Indian manufacturing industry, we needed to create jobs. There is no other way that we can, we can create jobs where 70% uh, or 60% of our people in some way are dependent on agricultural income. And it's a young population. We've got to create jobs for them. Manufacturing That's my point. If I may just uh, uh, interrupt for a second there. Protectionism overseas means that our exports uh, will become more difficult. And uh, what you mentioned about local manufacture here is, is very good. And that, I'll come to that question next and to ask you as to where do you see the opportunities there? Or perhaps you could, you could uh, answer both together. 
they are indeed interlinked and which is why i started with this because without a strong manufacturing base export competitiveness will not come so even if there is export protection there are natural markets to us which are not manufacturing oriented so we look at our natural markets for exports the countries immediately around us the sark region the countries close to us in the west which is middle east further down in africa 55 countries these are natural markets which have little or no manufacturing base these are the opportunities and this is why we need to create a more competitive domestic manufacturing system which is scaling up and if initial protection is required and protection doesn't mean inefficiency protection means till a young person is able to a young company is able to stand on its own feet and run but the important thing is to be part of the global supply chain and there are enough areas in the world where manufacturing is not a priority they could be tourist destinations they could be cultural destinations but they are available for import of uh, goods into their respective countries those are our natural markets you just mentioned that india has a young population and a very enterprising one as well so where do you think this uh population should now look at opportunities in in let's say setting up new businesses or joining as an ancillary to an organization such as yours uh, where are the opportunities let's say in your segment so the opportunities in manufacturing is that the backbone of any industrial system and we've seen it in england we've seen it in germany the backbone is the small entrepreneur the person who employs maybe 10 people 20 people 30 people the person who actually creates job within his or her community and then starts growing bigger that is our biggest opportunity as a country we don't have to the big companies don't except the service companies or the it companies but the big manufacturing companies don't necessarily employ or add value as much as the supply chain that adds value and that that is actually the backbone so at the very foundation is the msme and then come the medium industries and then come the bigger industries the mother oems and the job creation actually takes place pretty much at the foundation uh, in ashok leland how would uh, somebody try and become let's say an ancillary producer for you is there a system you have in place to encourage people to come forward with ideas or put out ideas to people uh, where you have a demand we are only as strong as each of the links that goes all the way down so now if we as the oem have medium industries supplying to us they are only as strong as the small industry supply to them and the micro industries that supply to them we try and engage as much as possible through the entire system now we have supplier development engineers who work with our tier 1 but also ask in a sense 
there's a mechanism to ask questions about the health, about the quality standards, about the cost standards of their supply base and then their supply base. Similarly, as far as payments are concerned, whatever MSMEs supply to us, we make sure that, that their payment is attended to immediately so that their cash flows run. So there is a very formal strategic sourcing cell. There is strategic sourcing department and there is the sourcing department which actually has to attend to the health, the ability of the supply base. Uh, again, we are only as strong as them because we source maybe 60% by value of all parts. As the CEO and Managing Director of Ashok Leland, what is your vision for the company? Well, the vision was articulated uh, last year or re-articulated because the earlier vision was achieved. And the vision that was articulated is to be in the top 10 global commercial vehicle manufacturers, but very importantly, supplying reliable products and services and with a view to enhancing value to all stakeholders. So that have you put a date? Have, have you put a date to being the top amongst the top 10? The, uh, the, to put a date is all a vision with a date will undergo a change if you have a pandemic, you know, and we don't want to keep re-articulating visions. If we had set a date for five years or 10 years or something, it may have got, had to get re-articulated. No, a vision has to have a roadmap and that roadmap is reviewed every year and definitely has a five-year rolling program. So I won't say there's a date, but there are steps that will be taken over a period of time to achieve that wish. Vipin, we wish you luck. Thank you for sharing your views with us. Thank you, Vikram. And again, a great pleasure being with you.